Allie, and I have been saved for one year this last March. I am still what I love to call baby in Christ. I have been reading the Bible for a year now, and it's just incredible the difference it makes in your life. Um, we started this podcast just to really open the door for a live, interactive Bible study for everyone in the world to get involved in, and um, the whole hope in this is that we will have thousands of people from all over the world jumping in and reading with us and asking questions and sharing their perspectives because, man, you can read the Bible a thousand times, but if you're not sharing your perspectives with other people, you're never really learning much because God reveals different things to each and every person. And so the more um, people you get involved and the more you talk about God's word, the more revelations you'll have. Yeah, in the Bible, you know, it was it was meant to share. It was meant it was it was, it was a book to be shared with others and and, to, and and meant for discussion. So that's why it's so important that uh, you know, even God even God says, you know, that it takes two or more people to discuss this and he'll be in the midst. So, you know, when you're discussing this, that's a private conversation when you're reading the in book with God and when you're discussing it with others that that's great. I do believe it's it, it is so important to have those private intimate moments with God. Well, for sure, for sure. But also you have you can't have one without the other, you know. Right, you're, you're, they go hand in hand. That's why joy is so important, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's Jesus, others and yourself. So you yes. gotta you gotta you gotta be able to talk to God, work with others, and then find inner peace within yourself. Those are those are the three components of, of really becoming a, a true I wouldn't say Christian, but a true person of faith, you know, a person that um, follow, follows what God wants us to do and, and shares love and, and is able to generate harmony and peace with others. So uh, we got a couple of scriptures we're going to start out with today, just kind of talking on a little bit of love here. Abby's in a love mood today. So. I am. I am. If you've never done Qigong, I highly recommend it. And, we're we're um, going to teach that too, you know, that's going to be yeah. what we teach in our other, our other stuff is, is these other practices of the meditation and Qigong and, and, and how to connect physically as well as mentally um, with, with, you know, a lot of people that are Christians, they, they, they won't work on other faiths from like Buddha and things like that. And, and I just want to let everybody know that's wrong because those, those things work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They, they help you connect. And if it's something that helps you connect and find your path to God that, that works for you, go for it. You know what I mean? It's, it's not. It's not some kind of voodoo ritual or anything like that. Yeah. It, it's connecting with God. So I get whatever. A lot of mixed reactions when I talk about doing qigong because people, you know, they get freaked out and they're like, "Oh, well, Buddha's another god. That's that's another, you know, religion. It's not. And that's a it's, false god." And I'm like, "No, it's not. It's not. Buddha it's, 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 never Buddha intended to be worshipped, man. Yeah, he, Buddha was a teacher. He was that's a all teacher. he was. Buddha. He calls himself the Great Teacher. That's his name." Buddha means he taught the, great the path of enlightenment. That's it. Yeah, he that's became it. enlightened, and he was like, "Man, I got, I got to spread the news." I got to tell everybody I got to this. Yeah, yeah, man, I got everyone like, know how to do this, and so he taught such a perfect process on how to do that, and everybody got so excited and they loved it so much that they started idolizing him and worshiping. And that's, that's why you never make a graven statue of anybody and things like that. That's why it's the you know, number people one People do commander. it though over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Buddha's not the only one. I mean, it's no, no, they're, they're, they're all these gods from the past. I feel like a lot of them were just regular people that became enlightened and they were just trying to teach and people just got so obsessed that they became... I mean, my goodness, we have turned... That, that, Madonna, that is what happened. You know what I mean? That is. We've turned Madonna is. herself into a false auto. How many Madonna Barbies have you had as a kid? I mean, literally. We've got right. Barbies of all these celebrities. We've got, you know, statues of them, all that. It's the same thing, guys. So if you can listen to Madonna, you can listen to Buddhist teachings. That's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. 
It's right, right. Don't be, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Like, learn, learn from other wisdoms. There's, there's more wisdom out there of connecting That's with God so through, much. through other, through other uh, nationalities, through other religions, other walks of life. Walks you know, of life. Uh, you know, every, everybody is that everybody has their own journey with God. So don't judge them by what they know. You know, embrace that and, and, and bring that into your own life. And maybe that can help you. For get sure. more enlightened. I feel and find, like reading Buddhist teachings can help every person in the world. I've read, I've read, I've read Buddhist teachings. I follow yeah. Buddhist teachings. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't. I, I, I helped me in the beginning of my journey because mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, I was very, um, I was looking for something. I didn't know exactly what I was looking for. It was God, but I didn't know that. And so mm-hmm. you, you guided me that way with what I was wanting and it, it led me to it always leads you to God. You yeah, know, God is God. Is it's, that, it's, it's that journey. It's grabbing hold of whatever aspect whatever it is that brings you to the light. Is, is yeah, he'll, 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 lead you, he'll lead you there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just got to grab a hold of the light and just start and following. that's why God made all these things because he knew that it was going to guide this person and that person, you know. He well, you knew that, that in this society that we're in, we can embrace all of these teachings and learn to connect better with God. So we take all the ancient wisdom of the natives, of, of Buddha, of David, of Jesus, and we combine all that into one nice little evolved uh, religion, you know, the way of love. And, and then we can we can have a way that everybody can share and embrace God. And, and we can do it collectively as a group instead of fighting and labeling God and fighting against, well, who loves God the most? Well, well we all love God the most. Right. You know what I mean? So you know, so so stop fighting over who loved God the most. Let's work together, collectively, yeah. and and serve God collectively like He wants, and, and learn how to pray to God well, collectively. Another thing that goes hand in hand with that is worrying about who is um, being the biggest Christian. You know, who's being the biggest? Like, oh well, I did more for God, and I and, and we gotta stop making it a competition because it's not. And it and what that does, it's the same thing we talked about with the trophies yesterday. Is you are you are no longer just doing things out of the kind and goodness of your heart for God. You are doing things to appear to others that you do more. Well, I just did more this week, and I did more, and it it became without you even realizing it. Because I know people aren't intentionally doing this, but because of all I've been observing it lately, but mm-hmm. I've been seeing it everywhere, and I'm like, my goodness, the whole world has gotten into this like everything's a competition now and it's mm-hmm. who can who can be the most godly who can follow the most commandments who can you know bring the most hors d'oeuvres well, they have all the time beat me on that one so <laughs> <laughs> i got 10 of them wrapped up how many can you do <laughs> <laughs> exactly but that's the thing is that we've got to stop with that, you know, just don't even look at its comparison. It's it's comparison, no, no, which no, James no. tells us not to do, and it's... Well, it's, that's, that's what Matthew and John are going to tell us in these two verses yeah. you're going to read here. So go ahead and read Matthew real quick, and then we'll, okay. uh, we'll continue on this talk a little bit. Because this, this kind of resonates with all of this and, and what God's saying, and Jesus is saying, I guess. Matthew here. 22, 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is so, the first and great commandment. This is it. This is the first and greatest commandment is love God with all your what? Heart, soul, and mind. And I love this because I always picture Emma now when I do this because the way I've taught her to remember it is your heart your soul and your mind and so right. i always see my little girl doing that now i'm like what's the first commandment she'll say there's only one god and you love him with your heart soul and your mind and that's the true 
Holy Trinity, right there. There's only one God. You love him with your heart, your soul, and your mind. That's the Trinity. You put those three together, you can connect with God. And that's you what see. you learn in Qigong is to connect mm -hmm. all three of those. You, you, know, you can see, see the radiant light. You know what I mean? It, it's it's there visible to you in your mind's eye, you know, um, when, when, when you do that. So if you're able to connect in, these, in this manner like this, you're able to connect fully with God. You know, I, I can do it. You know, it, 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 it's so it, it's it's teaching of all these other things, bringing them all into Christianity in order to feel the love. And, and then you're able to connect with God. I mean, it's so simple. You know, Buddha didn't have this and he was able to do it. Jesus didn't have all these wisdom and teachings and they were able to do this with the knowledge that they had. Now, today we have everything we have. We, we can go and research the, all of enlightened people in, in the history and study them and, and bring them in and, and, and use, use their techniques to connect with God. And that is what God wants us to do. And that gives you a plethora of options, whatever. Sure. If this doesn't want. work for you, maybe this does. If this doesn't yeah. work for you, maybe combining these three I'm works sure for you. I'm sure for everyone. I've had some people that literally, they just can't do it. Like they have, they don't have the balance. But I will tell you, if you don't have the balance, this will teach it to you. Because I used to believe that I was super clumsy <laughs> and I had no balance. And man, no, I got myself away now. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I was no, you fall over across right. the office. <laughs> right. Now you can float like wind. Now I can stand on one foot with one foot up here behind my head. It's I don't know how this <laughs> happened. It took a year of yep. Qigong and yoga. And it just... It, it just and it, the other thing it does is it disciplines your mind and it disciplines mm -hmm. your body. You become well, that, that, that's part of it. It's part, part of your mind, body, and soul. You know what I mean? Like that's the Holy Trinity. So you got to focus on if your soul's good and you got God here, well, good. Like get him everywhere else. Get him because, everywhere. Yeah, and, yeah and bring him into those three places. Yourself because then you can be unmovable in situations that you used to be so easily moved. And then, you know, no one can ever move you from your center of joy. Right. The enemy, his attacks, pointless because you can't be moved from it. And it's, we were just talking about the Passover. Another mm -hmm. point to the Passover is to be able to avoid the temptation. I mean, when you are a master of your own self, you just don't have temptation. There's nothing that can tempt you. If God says not to do it, you don't do it. You don't struggle don't do it. with temptation. And that's, why, that's why not eating leavened bread, because if you can control what you eat, you can control all the other aspects. So, sure. you know, if you control this, that's why God does this with the unleavened bread. If you can control what you eat, then you can control every other thing you do, because that's the hardest one. Sexual desire is number two, b b below food. You know what I mean? So I sexual see that desire because I see people food. struggle more with food than with sexual desire. For sure, for sure. But for me, you know, that one wasn't, you just ask God again with anything. You ask God to remove it. And, and if it's not his will for your life, it just does. But it's just like Matthew says here, you know, love him with all of these things. Don't, don't not love him 99%. Mm -mm. Love him all the way with, with these things. And you'll, you'll, you'll get inner peace. Yeah. It just works that way. You know, I mean, if you're practicing meditation, if you're doing Qigong, if you're reading the Bible and, and you're living the good life, I, I will guarantee that you are happy. Mm -hmm. I will guarantee you that things in your life are going good. I will guarantee that you're finding the right path because you're doing everything that God wants you to do. And the best part is, is even if, if you're worried about, you know, that taking you away from God, I can tell you this. I got, I'm, I'm one who gets really carried away with things. When I do something, I don't just like dip my toes in. Like I dive in so, so strongly with everything I do. It's like, it, it almost becomes an obsession in my life. And so I did, I got really carried away 
and I started to like really believe that Qigong was, and it just, it kind of took over. And so God removed it from my life for a week because he does this. That's what's so great. You don't mm -hmm. have to worry about something getting in the way of you and God, because if it does, he'll just remove it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Set. and he did. And so because he did that, as soon as he brought it back into my life now, I have such an even more incredible connection with it because now yeah, I realize now you have more of appreciation of, of, of what I appreciate it was. It now. It's, it's, yeah. I'm so grateful for it. And I, you know, and, and just, I like, know, just like the bread, just like the bread at Levin. Yeah. You know what I mean? When Although you got to eat I will bread. say, I went that long without it. Now I started eating about it again. I had this revelation this morning. I think it's bogging me down and making me tired because I went a little overboard. <laughs> I think we all did. I went so long kind of, without it. Yeah, it's kind of the point. My stomach's been really upset, but um, I now realize, you know, what too much leaven in your life can do. And so, <laughs> yep, yep, that's another thing. Like, that's overindulging, you know. For yeah, that, sure. Uh, I'm going to go home and take all my brownies and throw them in the trash because... <laughs> no more leaven for me. No more leaven. I'm removing it. <laughs> I'll show um, God. I'll do it every day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> So verse 40, or verse 39, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I never in my life knew that that was the second commandment. Yeah. Because when you read it in Exodus 20, and I broke this down, um, but it's, it's, it's kind of confusing. And so it's so great that Jesus teaches this because, and, and you know, but, he did that because people were confused. Because yeah, for sure. That's why, that's why he had to come back here to make every, like I told you, you know, his whole purpose yesterday was to come back to make people understand like what, what they're doing. This isn't what God said. He didn't say that you have to wash your hands before dinner. He didn't say any of this crap. This is what he was talking about. You know, this is what he was trying to tell you people that you guys got it all wrong. And that's what he's doing again. He's coming back and telling us, Hey, we got it all wrong, man. This isn't what I was teaching. You guys are not listening to me. I keep telling you guys this and I wrote a book and everything. And then I sent back my son to tell everybody and you guys still aren't getting it. Like, yeah. love thy neighbor, put God first, mm -hmm. love thy neighbor, others, and then who else? See, Yourself. the reason it's confusing, so everyone has said that the second commandment is not to make a false idol. That's, That's part of the first one. one. That's part of one. So verses one through five are the first commandment, all of them. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Visiting See, the right, right there, like making, making images of space. God says right here, if you do it, you're in violation of the first, the un only unforgivable commandment the only unforgivable commandment is the first commandment so if you violate god's name and you make god look bad you ain't getting into heaven yeah that, that's that's it so if you go out and do anything that makes god look like look like he did something wrong god ain't going to forgive you for that because you you ruin you smudge god's name yeah all the other things all nine of them underneath that and i can't stress this enough if he had created outer space it would have been in the bible and it wouldn't refer to anything outside of earth as water guys i mean right. it says right here that is the water or that is in the water under the earth and right. we know in the in the first of genesis it says the waters above he divided the waters so like 
you are literally spreading vicious lies about what God created. And God tells us, he tells, he lays out a perfect foundation of what he created for us to know. He, he, he explains it in depth. He did not spare details. And, and we know what they call, so what they call it. They they call it nice. Exclude this part about other planets and floating air and um, air that right. you just float in where there's no gravity. None of it. None of it was in here. So mm -hmm. when you're teaching that, you're teaching, you're teaching against Satan's teachings. Uh, you yeah. just are. Yeah, That's sure. why I'm not going to let my daughter go to school. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to teach her the garbage that is mandatory curriculum because I'm not going to teach her Satan's teachings. It's, it's got to get serious. I'm so tired of everybody acting like this is this is absurd. And but we, but it's just like we talked about. But it's just what we've known for hundreds of years. Yeah, and we've just we've just been believing Satan for hundreds of years, and it's time for what God taught us, for what God said, for what God actually did to be what we teach. Right. And, and, that's, and that's why we try to stick exactly with the Bible, you know what I mean? Because those are God's teachings. And, and we, we hop into John, John, I think, 4. I think John but 4. Real quick, and so this is the verse. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Oh. That's oh, yeah. it. That's yeah, yeah, that's, and I know that's, it's kind of misleading, but think about it. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Showing mercy, showing love. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, it. And so, and so Jesus was just reiterating and, and explaining and teaching that to us. Like that's yeah, and then, this then you know, then Matthew's in there, like uh, tell me what Jesus said. So you know, what I mean, like what, well, what did Jesus say about that? Well, he said that you follow these two. You know, these are the two most important, and, and there's two of them. There's only two that he said are the most important. And love thy neighbor. All ten. Those two are the ones and, that you and, have and to love do God. in heaven. Right. That, that's why joy is, is what we what we work on because those two things right there say joy because it says right there Jesus you take care of God, him. you take care of others, and then you take care of yourself. And you know what's so great about it is oh, when you start to shift to living your life in that way where you put others first. You are taken care of. You are fulfilled. You are satisfied because nothing gives you greater joy than putting a smile on someone else's face. I promise you, it doesn't. If you if you're putting others first, if you are if you are acting out of love, you end up being fulfilled in ways that all those things that you thought you needed to be happy, all those things that you thought you needed. You don't, and you, you, they won't even bring you joy anymore because you've, you've now experienced the joy of bringing joy to someone else. And once you do yeah, that- Yeah, the only way to get through joy, the only way to get joy is through, through Jesus. Others. Others and think about it problem. like this, okay? When you give your child a present and you see their excitement of opening it, does that have, does that give you more joy than opening a present yourself? Of course it does, because seeing someone else happy and knowing that you were a part of that, it just does. God created us to be that way. He literally created us to be more joyful when we bring joy to others. That's just how we were made. For sure. So John 4, 7. Yep. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh, asked a drink of me, 
which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Again, we talked about this yesterday. Jesus came to show us that there is no division between people. Stop right. doing right. it. Oh, well, right, right. I mean, that's what, that's what's so important about this word. I can't even draw water for you. Yeah, that's, that's absurd. I'm here to show you that that's absurd. Mm -hmm. Stop and that, that, that's why I want to bring that up at, at this point, because this is what this is saying. This is just absurdity. This is you know, absurdity. Jesus is teaching that, that, that that's absurd, you know. And, uh, and this story has so many messages to it. But that one right there, I mean, that one right there. And, that, and we're, did we read John 4 already, too? That's what I just read. Now I'm going to do Luke 10. Okay. Which I'm almost to. I'm in Luke looks like I'm actually, I didn't realize, I'm, all, I'm to Luke chapter 6 now. Okay. And had I woke up on time this morning and read, I would have got to Luke 10 today. But since I didn't, God brought it to me in this. <laughs> 25. Luke 10, 25, 37. Okay. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. So here, here's another reiteration of, of those two commandments. So not, not, not only did Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Moses, God, Jesus, okay, um, God, I can throw out some more names, but teach this. this man and... walking around on the street knew it as well. <laughs> <laughs> the blind man in the street knew it. So um, I'm just saying, like, people say, well, it doesn't really say this in the Bible. Come on, people. It is. It's right here, man. It's right here. I can keep doing this all day long. You can keep saying that these things aren't written like this in the Bible. And, well, and there's and things right here that, that, that shows too, there is. We need to have a session on that too because it's when it says to love your neighbor i mean i feel like the world has gotten really far away from understanding what that even means and we well, talked about it a lot as we're reading through genesis the the neighborly ways the ways that you offer your house to yeah. someone who needs somewhere to stay you open up your pantry and feed them until they're yeah, in, 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 in the native american culture if you had no teepee no horse and no food you know what happened to you you got gave you they gave you a teepee, a house, and a horse because. I want to tell you that post that you shared that I shared. It started a movement. <laughs> I had two people share it, and I'm sure it kept going from there. And I'm yeah. really excited. I saw it and I was like, "Wow, this got yeah. big." I wonder how. Many but, but it's got not big. just Christianity. It's a universal law of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if those those, those Native Americans weren't Christians, but they knew the universal law of God. Islamic people Every aren't religion Christians. religion has the, the same base it's rules. It's the same two base rules. You know what I mean? It's the same ten basic structure of, of how to become a good society. What it takes to become a society that is sustainable. Well, it's is, common knowledge. If you, if you treat... You, you would think it would be. It is common knowledge, but it's not common practice. Yeah, right. Treat everybody the way that you want to be treated. Do unto others as you want done unto you. That's the yeah. basic principles here. Loving right. everyone as yourself. I mean, right, right. That's that's all seven of them. We just no. came up with so many different ways to say the same thing, just to try mm -hmm. to drill it through people's minds. But he, 
willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I love this because this is the second part that I do with my daughter. Mm-hmm. What's the second commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your neighbor? Everybody. Everybody but, everybody but your family. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's just your family. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his remit and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Back to what the Bible in Exodus actually says, showing mercy unto thousands of him that love him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he, entering into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha, received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him, and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art Mm. careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So so this is how Martha and Mary gets to follow God, you know, Jesus, and Martha doesn't, because she's in her own head about... Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So he's talking about Mary Magdalene here, um, and Martha is her sister, and, and uh, the, he's basically he's talked to both of them. So and, is Lazarus and Mar- Mary Magdalene's brother, or is that a different Martha? Different Martha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But but they're they're two two towns away from each other. You know what I mean? So they're, they're probably somehow related, you know? Okay. It, it, because I remember there being, I, I thought Lazarus's sister's names were Martha and Mary. And they said, Martha's the one that came out and said, why are you late? He's, he's dead, you know? And yeah, yeah. He just came out right. Yeah. And he says, don't, don't worry. There's no big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I got this. Hey, <laughs> I don't know why you're worried about this. I, I got this. You know, this is, this is no, no big thing here. So. Yeah, how many days he been so dead? That right oh. there, what that tells you is, and I love this because this is everything we've been talking about too. Mary did the right thing by just sitting and listening to teaching. Right. She was sitting and reading the Bible. She was sitting and seeking God. And Martha was worried about being perfect and having the perfect dinner and being the perfect hostess and the perfect, 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 perfect. And that's what our world has got caught up on, having the perfect church with the perfect flowers and mm-hmm. the perfect entryway and the perfect picket fence and the perfect whatever, and, and, whatever, and then, whatever, there's never whatever. Gonna be any, there's never going to be anybody perfect. Just throw but a tent outside, guys. Yeah, right. Just that's all. That's right. Just throw a tent outside. 
I can imagine what these altars that uh, that uh, Isaac and them were building was like. You know what I mean? They they had to blow those up in a day. Exactly. So you gotta, they got a yeah. couple. They chopped down a couple small trees and just threw it together because yeah. God doesn't care about it. The only time He gave specific instructions on a tabernacle was in Exodus or what? It was Exodus. No, no, he, no he, uh, he gave specific instructions to Solomon. And that too. So those two. Yeah. The tabernacle mm -hmm. to carry around, and then whenever he was in the official temple. Those were the only two times, and mm -hmm. there were specific instructions to build it. You know why? Because Jesus hadn't died yet, and, and we hadn't become the tabernacle. Now, we are the tabernacle. There doesn't need to be perfect pomegranates and lilies embedded around the everywhere in there anymore. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way anymore, guys. It doesn't. We know this because... We are told this in the word. Jesus entered into us so that we could be the embodiment of Christ walking around on earth. That was all done purposefully so that there is no more stress. I mean, he literally removed and alleviated us from that so that we didn't have to get caught up. And here we are still getting caught up on the perfect building, the perfect you know, oh, well, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to have the perfect. And then that's about, that's about breaking the chains of bondage, right? Those, those are the chains of bondage. That's the church's chain. That's the church's chain of bondage. Yeah. It, it, it's seeking perfection and no longer seeking God. Because you're, you're seeking and perfection. it my heart when I see it because I just lived there. I just got out of it. And there's still areas that I'm still having to break free from. But mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones was trying to be perfect all the time. And mm -hmm. everyone does I, it. There was no reason for Jesus to come back here and die if he thought even for one second one of us could be perfect. He would never send Jesus. Right. So there's no possible way that you could ever be perfect because Jesus shows us that by coming back here and dying for us. You know what I mean? So there's no possible way. So those who are trying to do it, you're trying to do something that you can't do. And you're separating and, yourself from God. Yeah, by, by doing it. Because you, you don't believe in, you don't believe in Jesus. Right there. He just told us that right there. Mm -hmm. Mary so, was the one who did the right thing. And you, you're the one who's not doing the right thing here. Because you're trying to be perfect. You're trying to do what you think needs to be done. You're going by... The set Thank of you. rules that have been written out for hundreds of years that everyone's been following. You're going by the program, and you're not right. just doing what God not wants being, you to not do. Being. Yeah, you're, you're supposed being. to be in life, not supposed to do life. God only calls life. us to do two things. <laughs> right. Exactly. Simple. Simple. Love thy neighbor and obey God. And love thy God above all things with your heart, mind, and I soul. I love it because those two things bring you peace. And I feel like that's why the peace sign and all of that is all. I mean, it, it is. That's, that's, you know what I mean? That's why that's that. Because we have those two things. Those two things bring you complete peace. Mm -hmm, for complete sure. Complete peace. But let, let's, uh, let's finish up on Genesis today. Yes. And then we'll uh, or, or carry it on the road. Exodus. Sorry about yesterday. It was a little bit hectic. But. Hey, we got lives too, you know. We got. <laughs> I know. I went back on. and watched it and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> well. They already got to understand we do this, and you know. And she was like, see, Mom, I wasn't bad. And I was like, honey, you can barely hear me. Honey, <laughs> uh, you're not ready good. for the podcast yet. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. not ready. But, but she it's will be cute. She loves, she goes in the other room and she teaches now. And I love it. I love watching it. She'll sit down with a Bible and she'll start teaching out of it. Just like she's seen me. I love it so much. It's so cute. Yep. And that's, that's, why, that's, why, that's why leading by example is so important because they, really they do is. see this stuff. They, they, they do. Oh she sees what we're doing. It's you know, so that's... deeply embedded in her. She's already mm -hmm. said she's going to be a teacher of Christ. 
Oh, man, right? I love that so that's why I'm, well, kids grow up and they're like, "What do you want to be? A fireman? We want to be a uh, policeman? No, I want to be. I want. I want to go teach. Says she's gonna be a teacher of Christ, and she already that's knows the saying. difference between a teacher and a preacher now too. Because she asked me about it. She's mm -hmm. like, "Why are you a teacher and not a preacher?" And so we had that long discussion, and she completely understood it, and mm -hmm. she decided she wants to be a teacher of Christ. I just love yeah. it. Okay, so we are in Genesis 47, 25, and we left off where the first part of taxes started coming in, and the Pharaoh now owns all the land, so the bondage has literally just begun, and they don't even really, they have no idea, they just they have no idea. not they don't really see it. Die. They, They've never seen it before. They have no remembrance of, of, of any story, so they can see that the bondage is coming, so they don't know they're about and they to... they are so good that the they mountain. assume everyone is. They don't assume that the Pharaoh would ever do anything like that. It's like... When you're a naturally good person, you just don't assume people are going to do these bad things to you unless you've had it happen before and you're like, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> but you still assume the best out of everything. So, Right. And they said, thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Oh, those words right there. <laughs> there it goes. That was Here's the it. phrase that took them into bondage. Willingly, yeah. they walked right into it. They said, "We will." Yeah. And you know what? That's what America is now doing. Well, that thing, you, have, you have to agree to it. You can't get into bondage without agreeing to it. And okay, that's think the of rule. all the contracts you sign every day, though. Really think about it. Your rental agreement, your deed to your, your terms house, of service, your, your terms lease to of buy service, your car, all those terms of service agreements, right here. Mm -hmm. Just give You're us this, and we will be your servant. Yep. Mm. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth part except the land of the priests only, which became not Pharaoh's. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years, so the whole age of Jacob was an hundred forty and seven years. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he swore unto him, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. That was smart of him. <laughs> Whatever you do, just don't bury me in this place. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took him with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and set up upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee and I will make of thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren and their inheritance. And as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan, in the way. 
when yet there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And I buried her there in the way of Ephrath. The same is Bethlehem. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons, whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them, and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand upon his head. And the father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die. But God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion of thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defiledest thou it. He went up to my couch. What does that mean? Read it again. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defiledest it. He went up to my couch. How did he defile his bed? Probably by doing uh, something that wasn't of God. Okay, so you know, it just doesn't explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He defiled yeah. it somehow. So either like uh, was doing some kind of sex act in there or something that wasn't uh, right or something, you know what I mean? He, so the, the bed was defiled in that purpose. Okay. Simeon and Levi, our brethren, 
Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and until him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Okay, well that's confusing, because he's the one that sold Joseph. He's the deceitful one. Right, right, that's why he's getting that right. That's what, that's what they're telling you, like this guy's going to look like he's not. He's going to have the whitest teeth. He's going to be the, okay. he's going to, the deceiver is going to look like he's not a deceiver. He's going to look like he, he's got it going on, like he's perfect. His teeth are going to be as white as milk. His skin is going so to be. Will praise. Yes, yes. So that he's going to be the embodiment of, of what we would envision a holy person being. So it's, but inside, inside he's a lion and that with no soul. So they're basically saying you can look one way on the outside, but what's on the inside, you know, the devourer, the lion is is inside of you. And, and that that that's going to be what you the, the cloak that you actually wear. You know, if, if you're in good spirit, you can see that in people. You can see like their their inner their inner self, the lion, the, the deceiver, the all that stuff. You can see right through it, you know, and, and that's what he's doing right here. He's like looking through his outwardly appearance and, and sh telling everybody there's a there's a deceiver. There's a lion inside of this guy that's going to deceive. And we're, we're, we're going to see that lion here real soon. You know, um, sure. you know, it's coming. The guy with the white teeth is going to become the lion, the Daniel lion. Um, so this is kind of the same thing is telling you like what, what you look for in a deceiver. That's crazy. It's going I just realized that the teeth wipes milk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. And back then they didn't have the veneers or anything. So he's telling you what to look out for on this lion that's coming in the right. future. I know. And he's going to have these teeth as white as milk and he's inside he's going to be a lion with no soul he's going to he's going to devour all that's in his way then we're, we're going to hit on that again in daniel and then we're going to hit on it again in revelations the same person that and, and, and they look the same throughout history like they, they, they've got this outwardly appearance um that that just magnifies themselves above all others yeah wow so that, that's what he that's that's what's going on here zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea and he shall be for an haven of ships and his border shall be unto zidon ishakar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens 
and he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant unto tribute dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of israel dan shall be a serpent by the way an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backward i have waited for thy salvation o lord Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at last. Out of Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Naphtali is a hind let loose, he giveth goodly words. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him, and shot at him, and hated him. But his bow abode in strength. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb, the blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills they shall be on the head of Joseph, and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Wow, that's a good blessing. Yeah, oh man. The blessings of thy father have prevailed. And I feel like what he means there is that, you know, the blessings that he bestowed on him prevailed him through all those horrible things that he went through. Yeah, yeah, no matter, no matter what was going on, no matter how much bad was happening, the blessings prevailed and he still yeah, was blessings over, over. And that people think, well, you can't have bad and have blessings. Well, you do. You have both. But the blessings are better. You know what I mean? For there is sure, bad that yeah. happens, but the blessings overcome they overcome whatever bad is happening. So they're counteracting the bad. I had the a blessings message this morning about that, and it's um it broke it down to where the bad moments lead to God's biggest ways of being able to show off. Not to show off, but like, yeah. Because it's like, man, look at this girl. Look at what's happened to her. Look at what happens when you follow God and then he comes in and Bam, and they're just like, whoa. <laughs> it's yeah, God's man. way of showing people that, like, what you think isn't what's going to happen because I am almighty and I can do whatever. You can do it, yeah, above nature. This may have yeah. happened, but that's because I was letting this happen. And it's just, it's incredible because, mm -hmm. yeah, the blessings. You set, you set it up for something bigger. The blessings you know I mean? show themselves mightier when there's been more bad around it. Right. And that's what happened with Joseph, man. Look at sure. all the bad. I mean, my goodness, that poor guy. He did nothing to deserve it at all. This woman desired him so much, she throws him in prison. Oh, he, he, he stole his brother's blessings. So. No, Joseph. Oh, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. He yeah. literally did nothing wrong, and his brothers just, I mean, he just shared his dreams. He's like, guys, I had a dream like this, and they're just... They hate him so much that they throw him in this well and he just had all these horrible things happen to him and he always comes out prevailing and so yeah benjamin shall raven as a wolf in the morning he shall devour the prey and at night he shall divide the spoil 
All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them. Every one according to his blessing he blessed him. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife. And there I buried Leah. Oh, so Leah did. Okay. Yeah, she got to die there. Yep. They're, they all, they all well, go they to the family cemetery. Well, they never tell you about her death. So it's just the purchase of the field of the cave that is therein was the children of Heth. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. I love this because if you if you read through this, I mean, unfortunate for these boys. I can't imagine standing there and getting some of these blessings that some of them got. But I mean, it was it was truthful. And you know, Jacob, this was coming from God because Jacob maybe couldn't have known all those things about these boys. But when you look through, skip forward into all of these stories coming up ahead, the 12 tribes of Israel it's all true it's all right that's exactly how these houses of israel that's exactly how it goes benjamin is like the warrior tribe and so it's yeah. just really neat how he literally like pinpointed it so perfectly right here right now before it all even happens before it even starts that's what he does you know he yes. sets it all up before the before it even starts but I, I gotta hop off you want to finish reading that and then uh i will get back yeah, on, we're here on the last chapter do you want me to just finish oh yeah it's, no, go ahead yeah i got like one more minute here's exodus Today's the yeah, last yeah. day. Okay. Let's Chapter 50. And Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. And the physicians embalmed Israel. This is important, too, because this only happened in Egypt. So this was like, you know, something that they right. actually were able to do. And 40 days were fulfilled for him. For so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him three score and ten days. And when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die, in my grave which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan, there shalt thou bury me. Now therefore let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury thy father, according as he made thee swear. And Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, and all the house of Joseph and his brethren, and his father's house, only their little ones, and their flocks and their herds they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great company. And they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond Jordan. And there they mourned with a great and very sore lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning in the floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Wherefore the name of it was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond Jordan. And his sons did unto him according as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, 
which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of a burying place of Ephron, the Hittite, before Mamre. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went with him to bury his father, after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us, and will certainly requit us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of thy God, of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, and spake kindly unto them. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived an hundred and ten years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of their third generation. The children also of Mekur, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Oh, so he was the first one to be buried in Egypt, and then and, Jacob and be, be was embalmed. the first one to be embalmed of, of mm-hmm. you know God's people. Before they used to, um, in Egypt, you know they were they were they would they would try to keep your body alive for death. Yes, so, and know, that's why that the embalming was, happened. Yeah, kept yeah, yeah, for sure. Perfectly preserved because they yeah. thought they would need it again. And so, <laughs> yeah, they would need your body to come you know, back. They were only doing that with Jacob just to be able to get his body back because you know it's convenient that they could embalm it and it could actually last the journey and it wouldn't be awful smelly. But it took forty days just to do that. But you know, I think it's really important to note here. You know, the minute their dad died, they all freaked out and they were like, oh man, now that he's gone, Joseph's really going to let us know how he truly feels. And Joseph wept at that. He was so heartbroken that they really were that afraid of him and that they thought that. And well, I just love did. how he just turned it around and was just the body. Yeah. And, love. you know, he promised this year that they were going to get out of Egypt one day. That was his dying breath was that you guys will get to go to the land that you were promised. You will be taken out of this land. I would imagine by the time he died it was getting pretty bad and that's why he said that. It yeah. didn't say that, but the way his words were phrased, it makes me imagine that the... the yeah, it was like they were already in the bondage then. You know, you guys are going to get... They knew what was going on, and he said... Yeah, he and, he, and, he, and he, knew, he knew from the promise of Abraham that God was going to take him to the Holy Promised Land. So that's something that holds true in Exodus, and that's why Moses does what he does, because he already knows. And he knows that he's going to get out of there. Joseph turned, he literally was able to always see his... Um, battles for what they were and he said you know yeah you guys did have ill will towards me you intended for me to die you had evil thoughts towards me but god took that and used it to save all these people oh. all my family right and so right. he was always able to see past well and that just shows you it's all of god 
you know, even though it's good at bad intentions, we're of God so he can create a better and save all those people. So everything's up God. Joseph's perspective is what kept him always so happy, though. That's what the lesson out of Joseph is that, you know, he had all these things happen to him constantly, but he never, ever saw it that way. He only ever saw God's purpose through it all. When he was in prison, he saw God's purpose to give those dreams to those guys. I mean, Joseph always kept his perspective on God. He always kept that positivity about him that, well, this is how God's using me in this situation. And this is why, you know, I'm able to be used by God here. And that's all he ever saw of his life. And it's just all there is. such a good example. And that's why he was always a leader in every situation he was at. And that's how to become a leader. It's just that is how act, act, act like that. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. So on that note, we will start on we'll Exodus, start Exodus tomorrow. tomorrow. Ooh, I'm yeah, so yeah. excited. I'm so ready. Yeah. Me too. So, right all right, everybody, have a great day. Start and... Exodus tomorrow.